Hey Wanderers, and welcome back to Outlaws Wanted. Last time, the crew turned one spare ship into a bomb, and planted bombs on Ivana's ship to protect themselves from betrayal. They arrived on Avis and prepared for their assault on the Watchers. Approaching the pole even at the best of times on Avis is going to be depressing. This is the least hospitable part of the planet. It gets very cold and very bleak. There are a lot of structures that are here. It's kind of the dumping ground for a lot of the nastiest industry that exists on the planet, and also a lot of scientific research. It's just the cold temperatures and I will say more mm, less stable parts of the planet tend to be here. So just a lot of like scientific observation is done in this area, but this time, flying towards the South Pole, it's decidedly different. Sully, in your mind, like I said, this is going to be kind of the brightest or darkest spot, I guess, as it were, of chaos on the planet. It's the epicenter, as you can sense it in your own mind. This is different than how it was before, where there were maybe like little pinpricks of chaos throughout the entire civilization. It seems like they've all congregated in one place at this time. And in your mind, you can almost feel a similarity between Avis and Roke in that there is this heavy concentration of chaos that you could see in the future splitting open Avis just like it did to Jyla's people's planet ages ago. I mean, Vice. No, I'm sorry, Vika's. Yeah, Vika's people's planet ages ago. The closer you get, however, the area immediately around whatever this structure is going to be kind of becomes a wasteland, so that's rare on Avis that there's large miles of empty space, but right around whatever manufacturing facility this is, it has almost entirely been either abandoned or actually leveled intentionally. Whoever is on sensors, make me an investigation check. Would that be Mal? I'm guessing Mal would be at whatever pilot position there is, right? I would think so. I don't think Sully is helping navigate with the ship at all. I think he's preparing for what's coming. Do you have what stat that would be, Cody? Uh, I believe... Is that smart? I think, let's say it's sharp, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's sharp. Sensor array is cool weird. Okay, so cool then, actually. That is an 11. All right, with an 11. So, on your real-world scanners, what you detect is directly over the pole you can see a flare of heat. So normally this would be similar to our polar ice caps. They're frozen, right? Here they should be, but it seems that they have been drilled out and instead this area of the planet has been opened up to where the magma is 
Magma? Sure. Magma or lava, I don't actually understand the difference. It's magma's inside, lava's outside. Okay, so I guess it's lava now. The point is you can see the mag lava is shown bare and you can see like piping running down into it on the scans um, that leads up to a massive manufacturing structure. That structure itself is extremely symmetric. So it is just a square block with regularly spaced piping leading down into the lava. And then you can see like production and assembly lines that are all perfectly organized, straight lines, perfect rows, like right angles everywhere. It's just basically a giant concrete obelisk of manufacturing that has been slapped on the cap of the planet and is drawing magma from it. So, how would you like to approach? Where do you want to land? This is on you now. So, we have a bomb ship that's about that's heading this direction, right? It, is it, this is its target, isn't it? Yes. How far away are we at this point? From this thing? From the manufacturing yeah. site? You can be as far away as you want. Does that make sense? What are you like, trying to what are you trying to do, Vinny? Well, I was just trying to think like probably want probably don't want to be inside that building when a bomb hits it no <laughs> you're not inside of it you're like a bomb blast away let's say <laughs> okay i was just saying i wouldn't like i'm thinking we probably stay a distance away until bomb ship comes okay i'm sorry i might have missed this what there's nothing around there's just this building it would just be melted ocean and like a giant crater leading down to magma or lava okay but where are the space penguins? Spanguins, if you will. All the spanguins are dead. The spanguins are dead. All right, so I'm going in. Zach is going in. Guns are blazing. <laughs> so I think we want to cue the bomb ship. Wait till the smoke clears enough to go in, and then you guys can start mopping up. I think. I think the first thing is where are we gonna throw you guys? Is there like? Uh, you said it's like a crater. I don't know. Is there like, you said South Pole. So is there like a glacier we can park behind and have you guys stay there out of the way or? Is us staying in the car close enough for the cognitive realm, Cody? I'm going to say in my mind, if you landed your ship on water, it would float. Don't know if that makes a lick of sense, but that's the way technology works now. So you could land the boat. You can land the water in the boat. Wow. <laughs> Let me take it again. You could land the ship on the water and stay in the ship. You will be nearby. I will say that there is always going to be a risk of you being found no matter what you do. Yeah. So if you want to take some kind of precaution, you can. If there's some other way that you want to try to approach this, you can. It's kind of up to you guys, but there is not like a cave that you could conveniently scurry into, right? No, I didn't expect there to be, but I think that would be the first order of business. Find somewhere even just mildly hidden to park or put Sally and Jyla. What if we park on the ocean and leave Salvador with us? Oh. And like if we're spotted, he can just do like barrel roll for days yeah no i mean that's a valid thing to do yeah that's fine you brought an extra person with you for a reason we'll say the ocean is super salinated so it's really salty so we float better perfect Perfect. there you go science from a non-scientist all the dead penguin blood has made the ocean more salty (laughs) (laughs) i do like the idea of we like cut back and we see sully going on his favorite vacation spot to the south pole where he like plays with penguins he named one (laughs) 
Then we cut forward to the future where like a giant ship just lasers the penguins all to death to make room for this manufacturing site. <laughs> we get there, we get there, Sully steps out and there's this one penguin like slowly like there and I flip him over and it has like the little name tag I gave it, yeah. like the little collar I gave it. so sad. <laughs> oh no. Uh, you smear penguin blood on your face. And you're like, all right, it's the time. No, ecologist Twitter's going to come after us. <laughs> uh, but they are space penguins, so the blood is green. <laughs> Even worse, somehow. Somehow worse. <laughs> anyway, that's our plan. So you've decided you're leaving Salvador with Jyla and Sully. So then Lucy is going with Vika and Malcolm, I guess. Yes, and the, what was it, three or four people. I think oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think one of them would stay on the ship as well. Okay, so we have three people going in with us. Yep. Mechanical question before we get started in this, Cody. Yeah. Can either group use our camaraderie that we have? Yeah. Yeah, camaraderie okay. is anyone can use it no matter how it was generated. But it has to make sense. This is per a rule we did earlier. Like, if... You have to explain how you're helping, right? Yes, which I think is, like, the camaraderie itself is fine, but, like, if I generate a camaraderie, uh, Zach can't specifically use the one that I have to use. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you make it, sometimes you have to spend it immediately, but if it's in the pool, you can just use it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's almost, com I mean, camaraderie is a fine name. It's almost like luck points. Kind of, yeah. It's a brownie point system. There's, yeah, there a lot of games. Yeah, I, well, it's the idea that like us working together and doing well together continues to reinforce us working well together. Yep, you guys got the it. Power of friendship. I just wanted to make sure before we went into a fight and been like, I want to use a camaraderie, and you're like, mm, well, actually, nope, you're good. Let's uh, send that bomb ship down. Pew pew pew. All right, who's flying the bomb ship? Oh. Uh, I'm like remoting it. Yeah, no, I know, I know. But who's? Are you remoting it? I, I would probably be doing that. Yeah. You're gonna take okay. away. Okay, who's gonna take away Jyla's Magnus Opus from her? <laughs> well, you know, it's a piloting check, so or Magnum Opus. Is that cool? Cool. Yeah. Can Can Mal coach her for camaraderie? That seems like a help. Someone. That's a good idea. Are you saying you're gonna try to backseat drive? <laughs> yeah, I mean he's he's watching the weather here. He's. He's my navigator. Yeah, I mean, I could do that. If Co if Cody do it. Thinks okay. Sully's just sitting there crying over the name tag of Sully Jr. <laughs> <laughs> That's an 11. I got an 8. All right. Which, so, that is at least a 9, then? And then you could spend camaraderie on it if you would like to. Uh, do it. Do it? it yeah, go, go ahead and okay. do it, because we'll still be at 2. Okay. Because I generate 1 to use now and 1 to use later. Okay. It's also, this is like our opening salvo, which is like, hitting yeah. hard and fast seems good. That's what I was going to say, is let's let's hit it hard first. Okay. So, the structure seems extremely quiet. Um, this manufacturing facility, considering this is the heart of their manufacturing, super boring. Just a, just a plain concrete building. As soon as the ship gets close... You can, you're flying it with remote control, but you can actually see it, you know, like bust through the atmosphere, start heading down towards it, and this concrete obelisk splits open, and a just massive bank of 
all manner of defenses pops out of the concrete. Like, you can see it opening up as guns and rockets and, you know, um, ground defense all pop up and immediately start firing on the ship. You're able to quickly maneuver it to avoid most of the fire, and as it is not, you know, normally a ship would be not flying straight at it at top speed, because that's, you know, like a suicide run. That's normally not what ships would do. So it clearly is not anticipating trying to shoot down an enemy missile, which is basically what's happening here. So instead, the ship takes a lot of hits and catches fire, but then slams into just like the... Well, where do you want to hit? Do you want to hit like a corner, a side? Do you have anything specific that you want to do with this? Um, Did you say there were pipes all around like the whole thing? Or is it just on one side? So on the underneath, there are regular pipes going down into the lava. So it's like on stilts? Yes. I'm confused. It's like on stilts. You know know those houses that are above water and they have like legs going down? That except it's all pipes. Okay, Okay, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I can see in your head you're trying to figure out what those pipes are attached to to actually make this thing stay up in the air. Stop trying to figure it out. It does not make sense. <laughs> no, no. I was I was thinking about guiding the ship. I think um, I would be aiming it lower. Oh, okay. In order to like hit it at the base because the base it's just sitting on it's on pipes. It's not like on a f- like a solid foundation. Sure. Uh, so that's what I'm doing. So. There is a massive multicolored explosion as bo- and like implosion. So, you know, it hits, it explodes, and then also implodes from all of the different explosives that were strapped onto this thing. You can see some like fireworks, you know, just there for effect and flare. The air wishes dream a dream. <laughs> yeah, the camera pans to Jyla's face, like totally lit up with joy by her fireworks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> It's it's very colorful pyrotechnics that are flashing and glimmering and exploding on the base of this thing. Once the initial shockwaves pass through your ship and the rumbling stops and you all have a moment to catch your breath, you can see a eerie stillness. All the guns retract back down into the base. You can tell at this point now they know, like, okay, too late, we've taken this hit, nothing we can do about it. There's a moment pause, and then you can see one corner of this structure buckle and start to sag in towards the crater that it's sitting above. You can see metal pipes that remain solid have started to buckle and bend and groan under the weight of trying to support this structure now that, like, basically one quarter of it was removed. And then far underneath, you can see both pipes that are now just kind of bubbling lava out of them. And then back down into the pit as there used to be like a path for that to lead up into the factory. And then you can also see open pipes where there used to be lava coming through and now there is not anymore. And that's probably like cooling and hardening now pretty where it's pumping into nothing. Um, The stuff that's pumping into nothing, you it would be like kind of. um, Yeah. So, you know, like when you have frozen, it's like icicles. So it like is dripping down the side of the pipe and hardening as it goes. Yeah. That's that's a good visual. You can see lava east stalactites forming in front of you. Well, I can die happy now. Not that I'm planning on dying, but that was incredible, if I do say so myself. All right, Sully, let's go. Let's go get chaos. Uh, Jyla, we're the ones staying on the ship. Well, I, I know, but like we're we're going with our minds. 
you know, I, I don't pretend to know how it works. You, you do you. Uh, well, good luck, everybody. Uh, hopefully we'll see you on the other side. Dang right. And I assume, I know we are floating in water, but is there, I don't know, a way to get towards that structure? Uh, you would have to be flown there, which you can ask Salvador to do if you would like. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll have him you drop do, them off. Yeah, have him drop us off like parents at a carpool. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, um, kids. Have fun at school. Don't forget your lunches. So where do you want to be dropped off on this? What are our options? Well, so it's basically a solid concrete building, and the only... Mm, you know what? Let's do this. Roll me an investigation check, or roll me with sensors. That's a seven for me. So there's holes in the bottom where you blasted out the pipes. Yeah, I was kind of leaning towards that anyway, because if it's a solid structure, we're making our own door. Mm-hmm. Um, then, yeah, I think it's it's the obvious entrance. Okay, so as you start flying towards those openings that have now been blasted out, you can see robots beginning to, or watchers, beginning to stream out of the structure. They're flying on, like, kind of rudimentary jet boots as they begin inspecting the damage, and you can see some of them beginning to make repairs as they are, like, welding uh, metal onto the structure to try to provide more support. So now you kind of have a choice to make with Salvador. Do you want to go in loud and just go, okay, we're going to smash through as many of these things as we can, as quick as we can, drop us off, and then make a run for it? Or do you want to try to find a more stealthy way in? Um, uh, I'm going to say let's start stealthy and um, then go from there. Okay. So with that in mind... You need to find a way to make a door that is more subtle, right? Because there isn't one that's immediately apparent to you. Mm -hmm. That kind of is going to require a creative solution on your end. Does that make sense? Like, the only obvious opening is a big hole in the bottom that currently robots are trying to fix. So if you want a subtler way in, you kind of have to think of a way to make a subtler way in, if that makes sense. It can be anything. Like, this is like... Whatever thing you want to do, it'll th then just be a roll to try to do that thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Um. So, even though this is a pretty flat structure, I imagine there has to be paneling. Mm -hmm. Um. And so, uh, Vi is going to take out her drill and we're going to feel for the seams and uh, unscrew the paneling that way. Okay. So, the way this works, ooh, so this is difficult because you know that approaching under duress or, like, under power is going to result in getting shot at pretty badly, because that's what happened to the last ship that approached this thing, right? They tried to shoot it out of the sky. Mm -hmm. But, fortunately, you have a crazy, um, you know... Uh, wayfarer pilot who's willing to do uh, you know anything bad ideas 
So his idea is to kill power to the ship and basically float down and hope that that masks you well enough that you can jump off onto the top of the platform and then try to find a seam. So you find yourselves standing on the open (laughs) um, docking bay of the of this. Is this the honor? No, it's not. You find yourselves on the open bay of a um, interstellar council ship. You, Malcolm, or sorry, I'm, I'm talking to Vika because that's who was talking to me last. But anyways, Vika, Mal, and Lucy, the three of you find yourselves on the open cargo bay door of a ship that is dead silent and hurtling towards the ground. Right as you're about to hit this thing, which has not returned fire because of no power signature, you hear an ominous creaking sound as Salvador manages to level out the dive into more of a glide. And there's a moment where you're like um, slowing across this the top of this structure before he kicks power back in. And at that slowest point, you just basically have to tuck and roll and roll across the surface of this thing. So, everybody make me an act under pressure roll. Uh, we're also bringing our three extra Ivana people along. Yes, yes. Can I try to help them? How do you want to help them tuck and roll? We push him at the right well, well, can time. I, can I, well, can I like have like force, pull, push to steady them? I don't want to say no to that, but have you ever force pushed something before? <laughs> I don't think I have. No, I don't I, think no. you can do that. I have narratively. I said narrative, narratively I draw my sword by force pulling it. Has that ever, ever been established? You, well, you know what you could do uh, is um, use uh, Harmony to, like, focus us so it's like... We're eerily calm about it. And you get the exact right time. Yeah. That works. That is that is far more narratively justifiable than I have a new magic power. <laughs> I mean, last time I said, can I make them focus because of harmony? And you said, that feels like too much where you could do it for every situation. <laughs> this feels... Uh, I'm going I'm to allow it this time. <laughs> uh, Eleven. I don't know how you want to divvy that up between people, since there's multiple. They both just get. They both just get one added. Okay, I'm fine with that. Okay, roll act under pressure. That's a nine for me. Okay, is that with a plus one? That is with the plus one. Okay, uh, mine is a thirteen. Okay, can you make it a twelve and give Jaila or a Vika a ten? <laughs> nope. <laughs> so all of you leap. As soon as you hit the ground, you have the horrible feeling of momentum carrying you into a tumble. Um, The three of Ivana's men that came with you, they all land just standard superhero landing, very professional. Lucy leaves a crater when he hits it and does not move. Mal and Vika, you both kind of stumble and do a roll, and Vika, you take one damage just from kind of getting tumbled across to the surface of this a concrete thing and it's just like ow sprained ankle kind of thing you know you're going to be hobbling a little bit the rest of the time you're here so you just took one damage okay all right now you're on the top of this what do you do i'm gonna look for that paneling and drill it open all right roll me a um so normally this is going to be act under pressure but since you're doing something with a machine it can be sharp for you nice okay uh i'm gonna use a camaraderie to make that a seven All right, so you start 
uh, kind of scoping around with your drill gun and you find a very clear seam. It's actually fairly large when it's up close. You stick your drill gun in and manage to pop this thing open and you hear a mechanical whirring and popping noise and the hatch immediately springs open and you are staring straight into the barrel of a laser cannon used to shoot down ships and you see it starting to glow. What does everybody do? Well, first move out of the way. Um, it, how how tight is the gun and the space around it? So you are in like a... This thing would be a flat surface of concrete that is the size of several football fields. Like, because you're just on the top of this no, 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 giant... No, no, I know that. I'm talking about the, what I... What the hatch that you popped open is maybe like... Like three yards by three yards, right? So and it's is there space between the gun and what we opened up? Oh, okay. So when it pops open, it's like a solid concrete plate pops open and is like a hat on top of the gun. Around the gun, there is like an access port where it's clearly being fed power and ammo and communication and that has a lot more empty space of like wiring and mechanics that you could slip down into if you wanted to okay yeah i think it's powering up it's just kind of like out of the way but you know like waving everybody into that area and you have a moving shield right yes i don't know how that would do against a gun that's supposed to take down ships but uh we'll, we'll have that up anyway Make me, and this is going to be just a regular act under pressure. Malcolm, are you doing the same thing? You're going to try to sneak under the gun? Yeah. Okay, make me an act under pressure. Uh, that's another eight for me. Is a nine for me. Okay, so with an eight, well, actually with an eight and a nine. So before you can manage to scurry under this gun, it pivots towards you guys and starts firing. And I need to roll for your allies as well. They do much better. Um, So... Before you can get your yourselves slipped into this hole, Vika and Malcolm, you both take one damage as um, blaster fire from this starts rocketing towards you guys. It's like you get hit in the arm and the leg as you're managing to slide your way under. So the two of you slide your way under this and you look up and see Lucy and the three other people also making just like a rush towards it. And so two fortunate things happen. One, the gun was temporarily mostly distracted by the two of you. And two, Lucy's kind of leading the charge and the three of Ivana's men are just in single file behind him as he raises his shield and sprints towards this thing. The shield takes most of the damage from this turret. You can see some of the fire like hitting his armor, but he just like sprints towards it and then slides underneath and the three of Ivana's men do the same. Like little ducklings. Well, that was bracing as a early morning jog. Glad you're feeling good there, Lucy. I love Lucy. How did we take Lucy down ever? <laughs> like, how did we win that fight? You didn't. He suffocated. And uh, then you brought him back. He's had a year of uh, getting better with, or more of getting better with the outlaws. That's true. That's true. So where to now? Well, I think we try and take out as many of these things uh, stealthily as possible. And uh, as soon as we get caught, we're just full fire. 
When you say these things, do you just mean trying to take off the turrets on the top, or are we looking for something else? I think we're focusing on the robots here. Possibly looking for uh, where they're being created, or some central, even more central hub. uh, Like a, a control area, just... We'll have to see what we can find here. Uh, okay. So I think we are going to handle this in two ways. So you're trying to sneak through, right? Because you didn't go in hot. So they don't technically, no one knows you're here yet. Um, so that kind of means two things. One is you're going to have to make a uh, act under pressure. Yeah, act under pressure to try to not be discovered. And then the second part of that is an investigation check to kind of learn more about this place. Before she makes the act of pressure, can, once they drop into this area, can Caitlin and I, or Jyla and Sully, provide a distraction by dropping into the cognitive realm? I don't know if that will help. Kind of? So, no, but don't take that in the wrong way. It just just means we're going to see what this dice roll is, and then we're going to switch over to you guys. That's okay. I have a thought. Can I do the investigation first? And um, my justification is I. So we are in the area where the the gun is. I imagine there is probably some kind of mechanical hookup for like repairing or you know anything like that. Oh, okay. So basically, what I want to do is I want to hook into. I want to plug into that and pull off schematics. Uh, okay. Yeah, make me an investigation check. I don't know which description is correct there, but, uh, floor plan. Make me an investigation check. Oh, that's so much better. That's an 11. Oh, okay. So, with an 11, you hook up your, you know, whatever your little tablet is that you carry around with you for this kind of thing, and as you're pulling off plans, you can see where, like, there would be security checks that would keep people from doing this normally, and you're able to work your way around them before it's immediately flagged that you have infiltrated this and are causing problems. So the plans that you pull off are very organized and mechanical, mm, mechanically produced, let's say, right? So the structure of this plant is that there's basically multiple manufacturing lines that are all dedicated to one thing, which is just churning out robots really quickly. They're actually isn't so much stuff about like interfacing chaos with those that almost seems like a secondary step there are watchers that are just plain just robots right they're basically like straight off of the yeah they're basically lucy without the human body inside of it right you know Mm -hmm. they're just big armored robots that are meant for combat they're really not even that uncommon i would say and these seem to be being mass-produced And the source of most raw materials and also thermal power is the fact they are pumping lava from Avis. That is concentrated in a, like, main, uh, like, basically a boiler room. So, like, if they're using thermal heat, you know, steam is being used to turn generators and create electricity and power all this stuff. And then also... They're probably extracting metals from the lava to serve as raw materials for all of these robots. So the main um, thermal generator is kind of at the heart of the plant, and that's also where a lot of the lava is refined into metals. Um, And then branching out from it in, like, straight lines are, like, as if 
a library of bookcases, just rows of manufacturing lines where it's, you know, assemble automated assembly and rows, and then they're just spitting out these robots as quick as they can. That that is what you would learn from reading the schematics. Okay, and then is there like an obvious place where they're sending completed robots? Oh, um, yeah. Okay, that 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 would also be learnable. So similar to the hatches that you found on the top, the sides of this can also have hatches that pop open, and then the robots can be like deployed that way. Does that make sense? Okay, so we don't necessarily know where they're going between the manufacturing line and then being deployed. They mm, trying to think of the right way to put this. What I'm trying to figure out is if there would be a place where they are getting chaos um, in here. Uh, like, is there a manufacturing so... chaos deployment or is it manufacturing deployment? If we can't figure that out, that's fine. But I didn't know if there's like a holding place for finished robots before they're deployed. There, hmm. from the schematics, this would not look like a place where chaos is being introduced to them. Okay. But that is a loud lack, if that makes sense. Yes. Vi kind of, like, has the tablet, and, like, I imagine they're all kind of, like, huddled around while she's, like, kneeling on the ground with the tablet, like, showing them. Okay, so it looks like the main areas we're probably going to want to target are either the manufacturing lines or we have this boiler room thermal room type area that is probably where they're getting all their uh the energy to run this place um and materials and things like that and then maybe as a last thing aim for any that are about to be deployed um so any thoughts should we hit up the thermal room or the manufacturing lines first I mean, I think if we can take out the power station, that would make it a lot easier to take out the robots as they won't be able to produce more while we're fighting them. Cool. Let's, uh, let's start trying to make our way over there then. Uh, okay. Roll me and act under pressure to sneak. I got a 12. I got an 8. Okay. So, you crawl your way out of these access tunnels that are spider-webbed across this plant to facilitate its defenses. This is kind of an auxiliary system to the main manufacturing. Once you get through there, right, you are now just kind of in scaffolding above, like I said, once you're there, you can see massive, huge long lines where they're constructing these robots rapidly so machines are stamping and welding and assembling at breakneck speed these robots that they're putting together they're very complicated pieces of machinery they require a lot of steps so that's why they have so many rows all building them at once and you're just in like a scaffolding system above them right and far off at the very heart of the plant you can see a like glowing room and honestly just even facing that direction you can feel the heat coming from that area of the plant the place where you are would be thermally colder and you start making your way in that direction across the you know across the world not across the world across the plant beneath you it's just like constant churning and slamming it's extremely noisy and as you are walking given the noise and the low light you don't quite spot the fact that 
there are watchers stationed every so often on the scaffolding. They're holding perfectly still. Their eyes are dimmed. And at one point, one of them turns and just begins to follow behind your group. And we are going to switch over to Sully and Jyla. Sully and Jyla, you're on board a ship that is uh, just kicked back on its engines and is now flying kind of in a... Mm, trying to think of the right way to put this. It's flying casually, or do you want it to land on the water and just kind of chill there with Salvador? I'm cool with whatever Salvador wants to do. You know, whatever. He, I leave it to his discretion to keep us safe. Sure. Okay, so Salvador is flying to keep you safe. Uh, so are you ready for this, Jyla? Uh, ready when you are. All right. Do you want to try to get into the cognitive realm on your own? Because if you fall out, I probably will not have the time to pull you back in. Uh, fair. I can give it a shot. Roll plus weird. I do not do that. <laughs> well, wait, what did you roll? <laughs> That is a five. Wow, that's really bad. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to dump all your camaraderie on this, or do you want to have to have Sully drag you in? No. I'll have Sully drag me in. Okay. All right, then if she can't do it, I'll just drop us both in. Uh, okay, have I made you roll for... I think I make you roll for dropping other people in with you, right? Not anymore, I don't think. Oh, okay. Okay. You make, you make me rolls if I pull them in now. Like against their will, like a Nirvana sort of thing. Oh, okay, okay. Like if gotcha. If my team is willing to go in, I can just drop in with them. Okay, cool. So you and uh, Jyla fall into the cognitive realm, and what you feel when you do this is kind of the feeling of being on the edge of a precipice. So normally, when you're in the cognitive realm, right, it's basically flat. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like a white, empty space. That's still true, but kind of far off in front of you, you can see a cliff face leading down. That is very uncommon for you. And sitting at that cliff face, at that mouth leading deep into who knows what is underneath the cognitive realm, there is a structure built up. Um, it is... The structure that has been arranged in the cognitive realm, it seems defensive. It's like a gate and, uh, what's, what's that called? Uh, a portcullis? I think that's what I'm looking for. It's like a portcullis, right? This is a structure that is designed to be defensive, and it is difficult to tell from where you are standing whether it is meant to keep things out of this or keep things in this pit. Well, that seems unusual, even by the normal amount of unusual that this place is for you. Right, I have I have no barometer of what is normal when it comes to the cognitive realm. Might as well stroll on over. Oh. Uh, There's nothing else, right? This is the only thing, uh, landmark that we can see? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, can we do an investigation on it? You can, yeah. Yeah, you definitely can. Is it obvious that it corresponds to the giant facility that we just saw in real life or oh is that not something we could ascertain this makes me feel really bad for stephen king because i'm starting to understand why when he gets metaphysical with stuff it becomes very difficult to describe with words it is not a one-to-one -one relationship it is not okay. like whatever thing there is in the cognitive realm there will be a thing there okay. but it, there is a reason why when you dropped into the cognitive realm Near that factory, 
what you see in the cognitive realm is a pit and a portcullis. That is relevant. Yeah. It is not that they are one for one. Like, if you break this thing in the cognitive realm, or if you kill whatever's living in there in the cognitive realm, the factory won't disappear, necessarily. Right. It could be, but the factory could be around something that is making this thing Yeah, yeah. in yeah. the cognitive realm. Yeah, I get it. Does this remind me at all of the thing that I saw when I murdered the Watcher before? You saw, like, a tendril leading back, right? I thought I, I got a glimpse of, like, what was here, like, the... You got a glimpse of the manufacturing site. Okay, I didn't get a glimpse of, like, the nexus. Nope. For investigation, I got an eight. Okay. Uh, is it, are you are you the only one rolling the investigation? If you are, that's fine. Well, I, can, I, I can roll, too. I did worse. Okay. With an eight, you stare decidedly at this portcullis, and you kind of, as you're walking, are trying to keep your, I guess, mind's eye open to the idea that maybe there's something more to detect here than just, like, this walled off thing from the at the very top of the structure right so down below gate there's a gate you know what i mean but high up above the roof of this is open right open to the air and you can see a figure standing up there staring off into the ether above him right so there's nothingness all around you but for some reason there is a figure standing at the top of the portcullis staring up And then, like a flash of lightning, you can suddenly see a mess of tendrils all connecting back to that figure that all flash into sharp relief, leading, like, with him as a focal point, leading far off into the cognitive realm. You see this, like, flash of tendrils, right? And as soon as you see them, just, like, just as quickly, they're gone. But... As you do see that flash of tendrils, you see one of them snaking away from you and back towards this uh, portcullis. And as soon as you see that, like snaking away from you, the cognitive realm kind of shifts around you. All of a sudden, the structure that at once seemed kind of isolated and by itself, you can see similar to how you are when you form things in the cognitive realm just by thinking about it. The cognitive realm here starts to shift. You're now standing on, like, a road leading towards this portcullis. Now, instead of it sitting isolated near a pit, there is a wall. And along the wall, you can see, like, ballistas and other structures pointed at you defensively. Can I try to counteract chaos changing the cognitive realm? Ooh, I like that idea. Yes. That will be a seven. Because I'm assuming this is weird. Yes. The wall in front of you that was immediately erected as soon as this thing detected your presence in the cognitive realm, it splits and crumbles. The defenses that it put up so hastily now are falling into disrepair. It's almost like the wall is aging away. The main portcullis itself remains sturdy and strong. But before all of these defensive ca- defenses can be eroded by time, one of them fires at you, and you take an arrow to your shoulder, doing one damage. I used to be an adventurer like you, then I took an arrow to the shoulder. <laughs> you feel this as if it's real, but you know that it's just kind of cognitive trickery making you feel as if you have been wounded. Alright, back on you. Are you ready to fight whatever that person thing is? I'm riding high from the the ship bomb. I'm ready for anything. You know you could make one of those in here by just thinking about it, right, Jyla? I, I, 
I mean, I could try. It's not going to be the same as the real thing, though. You know? I'll, I mean, I'll try. I'll try. I mean, for chaos, this is as real as the real world, so you'd be eviscerating him with whatever you can think of. You can think of an even bigger bomb if you wanted, Jyla. You are not confined by space and resources. It's just what you can imagine. Jyla, like, screws up her face, like, trying to imagine how that could be, but her weird score is zero. <laughs> this is very hard to comprehend. Can I try to help her if she tries to, like, make a bomb right now? <laughs> uh, I'm giving a good pep talk. Yes, you can deliver, but you actually have to do the good pep talk. I just did you the just good did. pep <laughs> Were you not listening? Okay, okay, okay. You just didn't say that that was you trying to do th- That's fine. That was a good pep talk. I'll give it to you. Yes. <laughs> I do not help. <laughs> Oh, no, I do. I do. I got a seven. I got a seven. I was going to say, it's actually a pretty bad pep talk, but okay. (laughs) Do I have to do weird for everything here? For this, yes. For everything, no. I will tell you when it is not. Okay. Um, I got a six. Plus plus the one I gave you? Plus the one is seven. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So you think to yourself, make a giant amazing bomb. You hear Sully trying to kind of talk you through how that would work, and you manage to summon... A very impressive stick of dynamite and a match. Uh, we can do the Inception thing. That's your problem, Arthur. You just need to think bigger. <laughs> Pulls out a rocket launcher. <laughs> um. All right. So what do y'all do? How much damage do you think your impressive stick of dynamite will do, Jyla? Uh, she holds it up. It's about the length of her forearm. Uh, well, one way to find out. All right, can I, so how far away from the portcullis and the man standing on top of the portcullis are we? You're one action away. Getting to it to where you could touch it would be another turn of getting attacked. Gotcha. Can I raise up a platform to move me and Jyla there? Yeah, when you, what do you mean? Do you just like not want to walk or? I think it's like his action would get us at range and then my action would be using the dynamite. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. That is fine. Okay. It's not just flexing. <laughs> That'll be. I'm assuming. I get. I'm going to assume everything's weird until you tell me otherwise as well. That's an eleven. This is all weird stuff. Yeah. Okay. So with an eleven, the uh, old aging. So the road that you that formed up as soon as you made an attack on this structure that is then began to age as you tried to tear this structure back down. A perfect square of it splits off and begins to kind of hurdle its way closer to the uh, portcullis and you hurdle your piece of dynamite. Roll some, roll blast some baddies. And I'll say that can be probably, what do you usually use to throw things? That's cool. cool. Okay. Did you roll real bad? That's a six. Take a camaraderie. <laughs> I'll take a camaraderie to make it a seven. Uh, okay. So you hurl this stick of dynamite at the... I want to make sure a portcullis is the right word. Two seconds. Yeah, because you were saying obelisk before, but I don't think you meant obelisk. Portcullises are the gates to castles, which is what I mean. Obelisk is like the Washington Monument. Yeah, that, he was saying obelisk when we were outside in the factory. Yeah, but then he talked about them landing on a flat thing on the hang, top. Hang, hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay, I didn't mean obelisk. That's true. Obelisks do specifically have a pointed top. I thought that they were a, like, large... I think monolith is probably what I meant monolith is what i meant yes monolith is what i meant not obelisk that is a fair point i did not know those were different so you hurl the stick of dynamite and the portcullis is destroyed reduced to splintered wood and ash as an explosion tears through it 
high above, you can see that same figure now craning over. It just seems like a shadowy figure that leans over high up in this tower and looks down on you. There's another, um, like, flash as all of those connected tendrils now seem to be, like, curling around this figure. And you can see eyes beginning to be drawn back towards it that are all starting to point at you. But just as quickly as they appear, they again vanish. You hear a clopping noise as from the uh, inside of this gate you just blasted off, you see a horse walk out. It is so a solitary black horse walks out from the gate. Floating um, above it are a disembodied sword and shield. What's that spell you cast to stop them from charging, Caitlin? <laughs> I think this is Cody's revenge. He's like, oh, Caitlin's in the cognitive room where she can do jack shit. <laughs> There's a brief pause, and then this horse with a disembodied sword and shield floating above it rush towards you. Uh, what does everybody do? Can I turn the ground into, like, wet cement and then harden it you literally cannot stop it from charging it's it's not even touching the ground i will i will i will actually drive to your house and kill you i will do it i don't care murders will happen yeah roll plus weird (laughs) i hate you so much i hate you so much was that it was our halloween game where i stopped you from charging is that on recording i don't know no that was just like a funsies thing um pathfinder I got a 13. <laughs> okay, so 13, Zach. Do you want this to be damage or status? I was hoping to block damage from us. Is that... that, that that's, what, that's what my intent was. I mean, that, if it, Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Because I guess I get to pick... It does one damage, and then I get to pick an extra thing, like an extra damage or status or... I would pick status, like, something with movement, so I can't... I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to, like, nick or, like, be pedantic. I'm just trying to understand, like, how our combat works again. Yeah, no, that's fair. It's weird in the cognitive realm. I guess the way I'm looking at this is um, if if what you're doing is creating, like, difficult terrain, I, I, I guess I don't understand how that's hurting this thing specifically. Right. I, I, wasn't trying, I wasn't trying to hurt. I was trying to prevent damage from us. Then we'll just roll with that being the case. That is fine. Okay. Yeah, my my intent wasn't to damage it. It was just to like basically stop it in its track so it can't slash at us. Gotcha. Okay. Uh Jyla, what are you doing? Taking Sully's words to heart. She's going to focus on the sword and shield and try to melt them with her mind into something else, like reform them essentially into something else. Oh. That's cool. Okay. Roll that. You reform it into a bomb that just explodes in their face. And this is back to weird. This would be weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's a seven. I'm th- so the thing that came to mind is like, you, have you seen Sleeping Beauty? Mm-hmm. Um, so like at the end where the fairy, like the prince is trying to escape and like they're like pouring oil on him. The fairies like turn it into bubbles. Or, like the arrows get turned into flowers. Yeah. Like that. That's the vibe I'm going for. So like these. Like, the sword and shield turn into, like, I don't know, like, a, a stick a cut of, and, a, a, like, a dinner plate or something, you know? Gotcha. Okay. As this thing charges towards you, it slows as it runs into difficult terrain. The 
muck that Sully created almost forming up around its legs of this horse, slowing it to the point where it no longer really has momentum once it reaches Ujila. It swings its sword down, and right before it hits you, it hits you, it just disintegrates into, like, bubbles that float away. It's difficult to tell from the non-existent body language. There's a moment's hesitation, and then the shield swings up and hits you in the face, and you take one damage. Okay. And now it is back around to the both of you. I, I, I'm, like, in walking distance to this guy, right? So I can do, like... Mm-hmm. I want to go infuse him with harmony, as has been my... New tack with taking care of chaos. Ooh, okay. I like this idea. This is actually interesting. Do you want to help me by holding him? <laughs> you hold, I punch. Sure. Or like you grapple him, like okay, yeah, with the intent of like helping support me. That's a ten. And I got a. Ooh, that's good that you gave me that. Well, relatively, I'm going to use both the camaraderie points you did to get a ten as well. Okay. I need to think about this for a second. You're doing things I didn't expect, which is a good thing. It just means I have to think about it for a second. Well, and if we're if we're gaming in the game too much, but I'm just like trying no. to like no, no, no. It's it's honestly it's interesting, and I like that. It just means I have to think on my feet for a second. Okay, yeah, take your time. There's like a little buffering symbol on. <laughs> the buffering symbol goes away. You reach up and touch this horse, and it startles, and you can see the shield swinging down towards you again. You can tell that there's a lot of force behind that blow, and just before it makes contact, you feel a similar falling sensation that you felt before when you touched uh, Salvador and Lucy, and you are again standing knee-deep in water in a similar void, but this time, like I said, just kind of ankle-deep in dark, murky water. Standing stock still in front of you, There is a uh, glowing golden horse. It doesn't say anything, but you just get like this um, undying sense of loyalty. It's like a very good dog. You get this, you know, like that feeling you get around a very good dog. You get that feeling as if this is something that is almost tailor made to be. There's loyalty like emanating off of it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, like, it it is the concept of that, like, bonded animal. It's like a ranger's familiar kind of thing. It is that concept made manifest in the cognitive realm. That is what you have just stumbled upon here. As soon as you have that feeling of connection, you are snapped back to the the cognitive realm. Mm, Gosh, I don't know how far to take this joke. Do you want it to be a horse, or do you think that your idea of a familiar would be a penguin? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know, since it's something we literally just established 20 minutes ago. What I am saying is if Sully was to be a ranger alone in the wilds, what would be the one animal companion he would rely on to keep him safe? <laughs> that is what is standing before you glowing bright gold let's do a penguin penguin let's do a penguin because it's weird you know sully has never been normal and like yeah picking a horse is way too normal for sully to like this would be what he'd bond with no it'd be a penguin space penguin sorry space penguin okay there is a penguin standing before you it is roughly six feet tall (laughs) it has extremely muscular wings (laughs) legs powerful (laughs) like pistons 
a beak sharp as a ranger and eyes that are intense and vicious and predatory. And this is the thing that is undyingly loyal to you. It releases a dinosaur-esque caw and then lurches forward onto its stomach and glides gracefully towards the blown-out parapet, returning to attack its old master. Your greatest companion, the penguin. The space penguin. The spinguin, if you will. I, we, we have to stop there, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that has to be the end of this episode. The spanguin just gliding into the pit. Oh my gosh. We hope you enjoyed this latest episode of Outlaws Wanted. Music for this show is from danosongs.com, audionautics.com, zapsplat.com, and in the public domain. If you like this show, you can check out more of our actual play podcasts at the Wandering Gamer Network's website or on Podbean. You can also interact with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We also post Let's Play videos under our YouTube channel, the Wandering Gamer Network, and on Twitch we can be found at wandering underscore gamers. Now remember, it's not the outlaws that make trouble, it's trouble that makes the outlaws. Outlaws.